So I have this picture that is framed on my desk. I was thinking if I was going to bring it in here today, but then I decided, no, it's a little bit too small, so the people all the way in the back won't be able to see it. But in this framed picture, it's, the image is like this. There is a mirror, an oblong mirror, standing mirror, and there is a little cat at the bottom uh, looking at his image in the mirror. And the image that is reflected back to the cat is this big, fierce lion. And then the caption says, what matters is how you see yourself. And I think that is so true. I have carried that with me throughout the years, even when I was doing the social work, because I would use it as a teaching moment, especially to the teenagers um, that I worked with. Because most of the time, they would come in with life's issues, and they, they had difficulty seeing themselves as the strong persons that God has created them to be. They had difficulty because of life circumstances. They had problems with self-esteem. You know, they didn't think that they were worth anything. You know, they had issues in, in dealing with how to interact in the world in which they were a part of. And I would remind them of that image, and I would say, I want you to focus on that. And every time they would come in to visit with me, I would say to them, so, how was your week? And I would say, so, how do you see yourself today? And that would lead into a conversation. I think our scripture in Numbers 13 helps us uh, to reflect on what God is saying to us and for us to understand who we are and how God sees us and how God expects us to see ourselves. Because the truth of the matter is this. God has promised us truly a life, you know, that is rooted in relationship with God. And God's plan for us is that we would experience the best life that we can live on this earth in faith with God. The challenge comes when our faith gets a bit wobbly. And I think we see this and we hear this in the scriptures of the Old Testament. Last Sunday when Reverend Jackson was speaking, and it was our VCI weekend, um, she referenced, just in passing, the, the 12 spies that were sent out to spy out the promised land that God had promised the people. So I am always listening, and, and the thing that came to me was, let's kind of deviate from our traditional lectionary scriptures, and let's go back and pick up that scripture some more, So because I think there is a reference for us in the journey that we are going through at this particular time, this season that we are going through. So I went back and studied uh, Numbers chapter 13, and, you know, it sounds simple. Moses and the Israelites, having wandered in the wilderness for a while, are now at the point of entering into this promised land the land that is flowing with milk and honey. And Moses sent out spies 
leaders from every tribe, and there were 12 tribes, and so one leader that was selected from every tribe to represent the people and to go into the land incognito and to scope out the land and check out the people, check out the structure, the infrastructure of the land, you know, check out the fruitfulness of the land. Sounds real simple. He sent them out. But what you don't know when we study scriptures is that we have to go back and forth and check and see the origins of things. In Numbers 13, it tells you that Moses sent these 12 spies out into Canaan, the promised land. But really, if we go into Deuteronomy, which is the next book over where Moses now is coming to the end of his ministry with God's people, and he's recapping for them their journey, you know, with God into Egypt, out of Egypt, in the wilderness, and heading towards the promised land, we learn something interesting. We learn that Moses really did not initiate sending the spies into the promised land. It was the people of Israel who said to Moses, and when you read Deuteronomy 1, all of Deuteronomy 1, you will hear that. It was the people who said to Moses, um, yes, we know God has promised us that that land will be fruitful for us. But they said, why don't you send out people into the land just to check it out? And it sounds simple. Our human logic would say, hey, there's nothing wrong in going and scoping out the land, checking things out. But then we have to ask ourselves, if God had promised that land way back from Abraham's time to Isaac, to Jacob, to Moses, that God's people would go into that land and possess that land, if God said it, why are the people not sure that this is the land for them. Sometimes, faith that we profess in God needs to be challenged. It needs to be tested. Faith is not faith if we can see it with our human eyes. But faith, the kind of faith that we need to follow God is the vital kind of faith that has energy, it has expectations, it has hope, it has belief that God will carry us through regardless of the circumstances that may come before us. So Moses, when the people said, send spies, I would imagine went to God and said, this is what your people are saying, God. And God said to Moses, okay, let me test their faith. Send them. Go ahead and do what the people say. Send spies into the land. And that's where we pick up in our reading and hearing today, Numbers 13. Moses sent these 12 spies. He gave them instructions how to enter into the land, what to look for. And the spies went out on behalf of the people, and they spent 40 days in this land that God had already promised them, and they learned some things. They learned that, number one, what God said about the land was true. The land was actually truly 
blessed. It was really fruitful. It was healthy. It was truly flowing with milk and honey. Things that they would need to survive. Things that they will need in order for them to stay in relationship with God. And then they also saw some other things that were distressing to their soul. They saw that the infrastructure, that they were walled, fortified towns. They saw that the people there were big and strong. They saw that, you know, that the, the, the people there were living a life and there was really no room for them. That's what they saw with their physical eyes. And they came back after 40 days and they gave a report to Moses and the people. And the report was a little bit of good and a whole lot of bad. Yes, the land is rich, but oh my gosh, there are people that look like giants in there and we are like grasshoppers in their sight. And they even went so far to say that the people in the land, the inhabitants of the land, saw them as grasshoppers in their sight. I think there's something the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us as we are going through our journey with God and this VCI process. We started off in January praying and we are continuing to pray to God. God has given St. Matthew's a promise. And that promise is for St. Matthew's future that started 76 years ago. And when we think about future with God, if you really stop and think about it, sometimes we think about future and we want to see far in advance. But really, our future is as close as the next minute that we have lived. Because future is in today. Because an hour ago was your past. And now you are in future. And then they have future that will continue into the rest of this day, into the rest of the week, into years, and so forth. But hear this. From February of this year to May of this year, we had, we will not say spies, but we had mystery guests come in to our land here. And they came and they observed a lot of things about us, how we worship, how I preach, how relevant it was, you know, what we do, how, greet, how we greet people, the whole package. And then they submitted their report to the powers that be who analyze and put all the data together. And then last weekend, we had a report. The report consisted of good things, strengths for us. And the report also consisted of concerns, areas that we need to work on to present ourselves better so that we could do what God has called us to do in this corner, in this land. And sometimes we have to be careful that in hearing and interpreting things, that we stay connected with God. That we stay connected to be sure that it's not just our need to feel good 
about what we say about ourselves or what we hear, even though that is truth. But we need to stay connected and say, okay, these things are great things to celebrate. And these things are things that we need to make changes if we are to continue with the promise that God has given us in this place, in this time, in our near future, and the future for those who would come. Last week was a difficult week for a lot of us. Thursday was an unexpected day in terms of the natural disaster that so many people were impacted by. But I was here Thursday morning when the rain started and we were going back and forth about what we needed to do. I was feeling confident that we had two sump pumps in the, in the courtyard out there and I thought if the rain were to come heavy, those pumps would work and push the water out. We wouldn't have any problems. We had all these children on campus. I was feeling confident that we would be okay. And then things change in a matter of an hour. All of a sudden, the lights went out a few times and the pump stopped working and the rain started falling and the water started mounting and it started spreading out of the courtyard close to the classrooms and we had all these children you know, and, and as children who are sensitized to things that are changing suddenly in the moments, we had to corral them into one area. And as the water is come seeping into some of the classrooms, we had to get buggies and we had to get cribs and we had to push babies and put children in carts and carry them to safer ground. And then at the same time, here I am. I thought I was cute that day. I had on my short boots. You know, and I had on my slacks and, and quickly I realized their boots were not gonna make it, you know. So I rolled up my pant sleeves and, and, and I am with a big broom and others with a broom and they, we are trying to push this water out so that it can go out the gate and not into the classroom. And I'm saying, as I'm doing this, Lord, I know you're here. I know you are in the midst of this thing, God. I know. You will never leave us nor forsake us. And I also said, Lord, I need some help here. Right? And, and, and sure enough, two dads, and I, you know, I have their names in there, two dads came to pick up their children because the message was sent out that come and get your children because this is looking bad. And these two dads came and as God would have it, they were stuck here. So they rolled up their pants and they, they got in the rain with Stony and they tried to fix the, some pump and, and they are helping me to push water as the teachers are getting the children all over the place. And inside of me, if you could see the inside, it was, Lord, I know you're here. Show your presence, God. And on the outside, it was calm. But the inside, it was, Lord, I need you now, right now, kind of thing. And by the grace of God, we were able to get the pumps working again. And we were able to get the kids to safety. And then I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I have all these people and they're going to be hungry. How am I going to feed them? So I had this silly idea that, oh, I could just call for pizza. 
forgetting that, you know, Cross Timbers, 43rd Shepherd, flooded with water. I mean, I could stand in the office and I could see the water going on. So then we realized, okay, no pizza is coming. And I have all these people and I'm still thinking, Lord, how do I help these people? All I want to do is to give them something for all their labor and their anxiety because they are worried about their children and that the fact that they cannot get to their children and they are wondering if their homes are flooded and they are getting calls that saying water is seeping into their houses and yet they are stranded here. And then Debbie said to me, well, we could find something. We have snacks in the student's room. And I talked to Denise and Denise says, well, there's always pancakes. So I said, sure. So I told Debbie, Debbie, pancakes. But as God be blessed, Debbie walked across the street to LA Fitness because she has to get to her two children and she cannot get to them either. And schools are flooded in some communities, right? And she came back with bags of food. And I was like, where did you get all this food? And she said, oh, I went to LA Fitness and they told me that there's a place next door, a little Mexican uh, place. And she came back with a whole chicken and a whole lot of tortillas and rice and beans and a lot of hot sauce, you know. So I took all of that and I put it in our office and I, we got plates and I invited everybody to come. God multiplied. God sailed. Why am I telling you all of this? I'm telling you this because the faith that God has given us as a gift, that faith will be tested in life's situations and circumstances. And how we respond will determine how we see and receive the blessings of God. Because those little children, at one point, one started to cry and another one started to cry because they were fearful. But then when the teachers picked them up and carried them to safety and started stimulating them with some other things, they were fine. Our faith with God must help us to overcome the fears that will rise up within us in difficult situations. I'm here to tell you, life will bring you difficult situations. But God says, I have given you something that you need and can you can depend on in good times, in bad times, in joyful times, in sorrowful times, in sunny time and in raining, stormy, thundering times. And that is Christ Jesus. And we as Christians... We who profess this faith, we have to grow in our faith. We have to see not only with the physical eyes because we are not called to deny our present situations and circumstances, but we have to go beyond what the physical eyes see and what the physical ears hear. And we have to trust that the God who lives within us, that God will give us the strength that we need when we need it, to be victors of life on this earth. And I believe this is what Jesus is saying in the gospel to us also today. He says, if you believe in me, he says, greater works 
than what he did upon the earth. And sometimes I think about that and I say, really, Jesus? He says, greater works than these you will do. He says, but you have to believe. He's not saying that we are to deny what we are going to experience. But if we believe that he lives within us and his power is within us, we would have calm minds in anxious times. We would have calm spirits so that we can see the solutions that are before us. And we will sing praises to God even though it seems like we have no reason to praise God. That is my experience. Is that your experience? Because that experience is real. And as we go through this vibrant church initiative, as we start to discuss what that report says, we need to ask God to give us this wisdom, his wisdom, not our wisdom, his wisdom to celebrate all the good things because we have many good things. And to hear, like I said to you two weeks ago, that bitter pill that we have to swallow and we don't like to swallow it, to hear it with grace, uh, and then to say, we're going to put vital faith into action. And we're going to trust God for the things that we do not yet see. We do not yet know how God is going to bring it forward. No use complaining and saying, oops, we don't have money. Lord knows what we have. Right? God knows that. And maybe God is saying, let me test your faith to see how much you believe I can provide in you and through you to do all the things that need to be done. And why will we do them? We will do them because there is a promise that God has given us from Abraham to every generation coming down the pike to our generation. And there is another generation to come. Those little children that I saw on Thursday, it was in my heart that we need to act in this land that God has given us of promise so that we can do the things that we need to do so that that next generation, that future generation will live into the promise that God has given to every soul who calls upon his name. We have a future promise now to live into and we have a future promise to leave a legacy for the next generation that will come. It's not going to be easy. But faith will override fear. Faith will override doubt. Faith will override disappointment. And our faith in Christ Jesus, who is with us, will help us to see the possibilities and the solutions that we can implement to be all that God has called us to be and to be victorious in this life on earth because we know there is an eternal life awaits us 
in the heavenly realm.